Greetings, family. We are so excited to be back with you for this episode. Um, we are actually continuing our, our, our subject matter on the power of covenant relationships. And it was so good on last week. Um, I know many people that listened in were talking about how it affected them, how it encouraged them, how it empowered them, how it was a life-changing message. And so I realized even last week before we concluded that we needed to continue in that vein, excuse me, because of what um, our Father God was doing in the lives of so many people. And so if you're just now joining us or just now subscribing to our broadcast, this is Salutations and Impartations with Antoine Braggs. And I'm very honored to be coming to you today to continue, one moment, to continue in the vein of where we are, where we were on last week. And so it has been a tremendous time that we've experienced in our Holy Convocation. We had Holy Convocation, of course, 2023, and we had that there in Hobbs, New Mexico, and our theme was Kabbalah. And so the glory of the Lord sat and settled upon many of us. We've been trying to recover on so many levels because of how the Spirit of the Lord ministered to us through the incredible speakers that we had. I got the opportunity to minister myself. We had several people that were either licensed or affirmed into their office, their function, um, into their pastoral role. And so we are so excited about the new people that are coming to join us and join forces with us on the front line. So we want to celebrate those of you that did go through that process and that you are now ready uh, to assume your space on the front line. So if you're listening to this broadcast, we celebrate you um, for your new space and your new place in our network and what the Lord will do with you in the local body. So we're excited about that. So um, I want to continue kind of where we left off. I guess I want to read a passage of scripture to kind of familiarize the, if maybe this is your first time listening to an episode and you're not sure you're going to have to go back and listen to the power of covenant relationships. But meanwhile, I just want to take some time to go back through a little bit of what we learned last week and, and expound just a little bit more. But I want to read a passage of scripture, even though I'm going to kind of touch on this passage of scripture a little bit, I'm going to be touching on the totality of the story as a whole. And so I want to just uh, get us familiar with this passage and this story a little bit more. And as I dive in and talk about the different relationships, then I will unpack some of this that I'm reading as well, okay? So I'm going to be reading from 1 Samuel chapter number 18, and I'm going to start at verse number 9, and I'm reading that from the Amplified Version, and it says, So Saul looked at David with suspicion and jealousy from that day forward. Now, verse 10 says, It came about on the next day that an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul and he raved madly inside his house while David was playing the harp with his hand and as usual while David was playing the harp with his hand as usual and there was a spirit in Saul's hand Saul hurled the spirit for he thought I will pin David to the wall but David evaded him twice David evaded him twice and I'm going to read to verse number 19 
Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but he departed from Saul. So Saul had David removed from his presence and appointed him as his commander of a thousand, and he publicly associated with the people. David acted wisely and prospered in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. When Saul saw that he was prospering greatly, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he publicly associated with them. Then Saul said to David, Behold, I will give you my older daughter Merab as a wife. Only be brave for me and fight the Lord's battle. For Saul thought, My hand shall not be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. David said to Saul, Who am I, and what is my life or my, fam my father's family in Israel, that I should be the king's son-in-law? That, that at the time uh, when Merab, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, she was instead given to Adriel, the Mahalathite, as a wife. And so we're looking at um, some current relationships that we know, as we learned last week, that current relationships will be tested in this season. And so this relationship is being tested on so many levels with King Saul. Number one, King Saul has promised David something that he does not follow through on. You know, sometimes when a spirit of jealousy gets in the midst of a relationship, what was prom promised does not get carried out. And so it's very, very important. I was talking to a son of mine and we were talking about integrity and credibility. We were talking about the importance of keeping your word. And it's, it's better for you not to even give your word than to give it and to not keep it. And we were not minimizing moral failure because, you know, when we think about integrity, the first thing we think about is moral failure. And we were in no way minimizing moral failure. But one of the things that I said to him is that, you know what, I would rather work with someone that is open and honest and candid about their moral failure and seeking to work through it than to work with someone uh, that you can't trust their word. That even though they are, they are not immoral, they, their word is not bond. You can't count on it. If they say something to you, it can't be followed through. And this is where we knew that Saul was having some integrity issues because he promised David that David would get his daughter. And then he, he gave that, that, that daughter that should have went to David because David followed through on what Saul committed into his hands. But then Saul didn't follow through on what he promised David. And so he ended up giving his wife, who should have been David's wife, to another man. And this was really just to frustrate what was happening um, in that, what was supposed to happen in that moment. Because everything that David did, the hand of the Lord was upon him so strong, it was so evident that God was with him. And that God had lifted his spirit from Saul and placed it on David. You know, I always think about the flip side of it. What if Saul had stewarded this moment well? What if when the relationship was tested that Saul would have looked at David like a son and not the enemy? We have got to check our hearts in this season because sometimes we are looking at people the wrong way. We see people that are enemies as friends and people that are friends as enemies. This causes us to have to slow down and process our life and pay attention to what's happening in our life. Now, it could have been a smooth, calm, peaceful transfer of power. But because Saul was influenced by the demonic realm, he could not see clearly that David has come as help and not a hindrance. 
we have got to pay attention to our relationships because there are some relationships that God sends as helps. And if you are not careful and you become jealous, you will see a relationship that came to help you as a relationship that came to hinder you. And so we want to work on that. So as these relationships are challenged, um, those of you that right now you may have a pretty good relationship. Like Saul and David, the initiation of their relationship was twofold. Number one, David played the harp for Saul, an evil spirit um, that was sent to torment him would leave when David played. So David had that ability um, to shift the atmosphere with his gift, and he used it for the betterment of Saul and what was happening in Saul's life. He used it to make sure that the enemy would be far from Saul. And then the other side of that relationship is that David actually was the one who killed Goliath. He killed Goliath to protect Saul. And that ended up making Saul furious in the end because number one, Saul had the opportunity to fight Goliath and he did not. Everybody that was a part of his army, including David's brothers and his sons and, and Saul's sons, neither one of those were bold enough or courageous enough to stand up to Goliath. And so David stands up to Goliath, you know, and he hasn't even built relationship with Saul just yet. It is his relationship with father. It is his relationship with, 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 with God himself that shows, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine challenging who? The armies of God. He saw them the way God saw them and they did not even see themselves that way. Good friendships, good relationships, good people that have been sent by God. They often can see you the way God sees you and not the way you see yourself sometimes. Because sometimes you see yourself as insecure, inferior, weak, insignificant, not important, small. But, but people that really have the insight of God, they see you as powerful. They see you as courageous. They see you as wise. They see you as anointed. They see you as a glory carrier. And those are the type of relationships that you must cultivate. Those are also the type of relationships that you must fight for when they're tested in this season. Another relationship that was tested during that time, because even though Saul did not give David Adriel, even though Saul did not give, I'm sorry, David did not give, uh, I mean, even though Saul did not give David Mara, he gave her to Adriel. Even though he ended up doing that, later he actually ended up giving David Mikhail. And he gave David Mikhail. And when he gave David Mikhail, he actually gave David Mikhail so that she would be a snare to David, that she would be a hindrance to David. And so, you know, it was a challenge, but what he gave to David to be a hindrance to him, God ended up using as a help to him. She loved David. You know, she loved, Mikhail loved David. And so she handled him with care initially. I mean, later we see that that relationship would be challenged because she had watched her father operate and function and govern himself as a king. And what she saw as a king was somebody that was um, astute, somebody that was focused, somebody that was structured, somebody that did everything um, from what they had been seeing in a kingly way, so to speak. And here comes David dancing into the city, bringing the ark of God back and dancing out of his clothes. And she was she was livid about it. She was angry about it. She was mad about it. 
because she had never seen a king operate like that. David broke what was considered to be protocol, you know, so that he can get so that he could bring the presence of the Lord back into the city, back into the nation. He was so courageous in that area. And so he continued to dance before the Lord. But she never, ever got pregnant. The Lord shut up her womb. I have this sneaky um, suspicion that it, the Lord shut up her womb because she did not align with the Lord. You know, who knows what the Lord would have did in her and through her as a result. But even she started tripping. <laughs> you know, sometimes a relationship starts out well and ends up wrong. Because when we don't get the help we need, when we don't get well, when we don't make the shifts that we need to make as the other party in the relationship, it creates a ruckus, a rift, a tear, a break. And so we see that um, with Macau. Macau really was, you know, operating... In a, in a way that she should not have been operating. She should have been wiser than that. She should have known David's heart. She had spent much time with David, so she knew him. Even before the shift happened and, and David had to go away. And by David going away, um, she was then given over to someone else as their wife, right? But she had come back by that time. And the relationship that was beautiful at one season became a challenge at the next season. So I just want to let someone know that this may be the season that your relationship is being challenged. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Be focused. Do the work with your relationship. Whether it's a marriage, a friendship, come on, it doesn't really matter. Whether it's a sibling relationship, do the work. Focus in and do the work. We also see uh, that David... If you go further and you read further, you will find out that David had men that he led out of the cave of Adullah. That relationship was challenged. He trained them. He prepared them. He empowered them. Listen, he taught them things that nobody else would teach them. Scripture says they came to David. You know, I, I like to say it like this. They were, bloke, they were broke, busted, and disgusted. They couldn't do much. They didn't know their skill set. And then David took them and he trained them and he prepared them as mighty men of valor. Listen, they were in the cave of Adullam, hiding out with David, preparing. And what ends up happening? These men, when they leave to go with David somewhere and where they have been given through David's leadership and through the favor that David had, they have been given a place to stay called Ziglag. And when they made their way back to Ziglag, guys, you would listen, I understand their frustration. Their wives were gone. Their stuff was gone. Their children were gone. And they wanted to stone David. Another challenge to the relationship. And instead of David turning on them, getting angry, uh, targeting them, coming against them, David began to center himself and focus. And the scripture says that David, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And David asked the Lord a question. He said, shall I pursue? And the Lord said, pursue, and you shall recover all. So not only was he pursuing to recover everything that belonged to him personally, he was pursuing to recover everything that belongs to the entirety of, of the men that he had raised and reared and empowered. So even though they wanted to stone him, David endured the test of those relationships and it ended up coming out on the other side of it. 
he recovered everything that had been taken away from him when they burned Ziklag down to the ground and took his took his took the families took the wives and took their livestock. David got it all back. Him and the men that were strengthened enough to go, because there were some men that were tired that were wore out, and David said, "You guys stay here. You you are permitted to rest while we go and get your stuff." So they brought their stuff back. And they, and they got all of their stuff at the same time. You need relationships that when you are down, when you are challenged, when you are going through something, that they are able to stand up for you and fight for you. Sometimes people abandon you too soon. Sometimes you abandon relationships too soon. Sometimes people have been anointed to fight for you, anointed to fight with you, you know? And sometimes people don't even really realize the level of fight that you have for them and it is not based upon conditions. It's not based upon how they treat you or how they react to you or respond to you. Sometimes you are doing it from the goodness of your heart like David and it is proven that you have been skilled to be a leader of people even when they are disgruntled, even when they are frustrated, even when they blame you for challenges in their own life. You know you, you, you are under good leadership when they don't blame you or point the finger at you when they could because of your disbelief, unbelief, and even sometimes like they were with David, your attack against them. They wanted to stone him. He was away just like them. His wives and kids were taken just like them. His livestock were taken just like them. But they targeted him because he was the leader that had led them to Ziklag. And so they were angry with David and they wanted to stone him. But I'm grateful that they didn't stone David. And I'm equally grateful that David didn't have their heads because David was a mighty warrior. And so he could have gotten everything back and then decided he was going to kill the ones that had targeted him. But he did not. He had a heart for people. And so we thank God that there are people that have a heart for, for you and I. And there are people that we have a heart for, that we have to stand up for even when they stand against us. That's also the power of covenant relationships because David kept covenant with these these people, these men that were against him and, and just a small part right there, they, they just were mad about how could he let this happen and he kept covenant he remained focused centered, stayed in relationship with them and then another relationship that was challenged and I think I talked about some of this last week, I'm just expounding more but another relationship that was challenged is his relationship with Absalom. Man, it is so challenging. Yes, I believe I did talk a little bit about this last week. It's so challenging when you have loved somebody, when you have cared for them, when you have reeled them up. You know, sometimes when it comes from your own household and people change on you, speak all manner of evil against you, stand against you. In this case, it was David's own blood. It was his own son. And David tried to get away so he wouldn't hurt Absalom. But yet they end up having to kill Absalom to stop him. And this was one of the saddest moments in the history of scripture as it pertains to David, the king. This was one of the most challenging times in his life. That relationship was tested and it ended in death. And it was the death of his son. David did nothing to fight his son. Matter of fact, he ran away. David was a warrior. He, he didn't have to run away. He could have killed Absalom his own self. But he decided he needs to get away. And they decided they needed to protect the king. 
And even though the king said, don't do anything to Absalom, the warriors knew if we don't do something to Absalom, he's going to destroy the king at some point. And so it's sad when your relationship is tested to the point where you don't have any say so and there's nothing that you could do to salvage that relationship. Some of you right now are holding on to a dead thing. That relationship died months ago, years ago, weeks ago, and yet you are still holding on for dear life, hoping that the relationship will come back around, that it will recover, that it be strengthened again. And God is telling you, this is a season of, of cut off. Let it go. Move away from it. Give that relationship up. It's toxic. It's not helping you. It's causing you to go backwards instead of forward. It's, it's, it's manipulating your mind and it's hindering your ability to lead. Some of you right now, you are good leaders, but right now you are clouded because of a relationship that you have taken on that you know you shouldn't have taken on. You know it was a wrong relationship. And some of you, because you are connected by blood, you refuse to let that relationship go. But God is telling you that it does not matter if this relationship is hindering your ability to grow, your ability to move forward. If you have to step away from this relationship for a season or for a lifetime. God is telling you, it's time to step away so that you can really grow this year. You know, God gave me a word for this year. He said this was the year of restoration, and it was also a year of maturation, that people were going to grow leaps and bounds. And when I tell you our network and the people in my network and me personally, there's been so much growth that I have to pinch myself, stop, pause, process sometimes, and just look and say, wow, God. You meant this when you said this. He said, yes, I've always meant what I said to you. It's the application of what I say to you that makes the difference. You applied it quickly, and so you grew quickly. And so I'm telling some of you, you need to apply this quickly. You need to cut that relationship off. You know exactly who it is. You know exactly why it is. And you know that God is not pleased with that particular relationship. This test right here is a test of will you separate? Will you move away? And then um, we want to talk about this other beautiful thing that we get to have when we when we open up space for the new place in our lives. We open up space in the new place for our lives. Okay, and so that is the new relationship. Um, new relationships will be forged and formed to ensure your seat in God um, is not occupied by anyone else. Let me say it again. New relationships will be forged and formed to ensure your seat in God is not occupied by anyone else. One of those relationships that I think is beautiful and it shows a picture of redemption, um, it really just points to when people honor previous relationships and their word is their bond. You know, David had made Jonathan a promise as it relates to his lineage. David made him a promise. And David kept the promise with Jonathan in the grave. This is what you call true integrity. Some people, as long they'll make a promise to you as long as you're not on the scene. But the minute that you go off of the scene, that promise is null and void because they never intended to follow through with what they told you in the first place. I just got to keep saying this, people of God, you have, you must be a person of your word. So a new relationship um, that was forged, God sent Mephibosheth 
to replace Absalom at the table. Now I want to talk a little bit about Mephibosheth in, in our time together that we have left. Let me talk about a couple of more relationships before we close out today. But Mephibosheth, God sent Mephibosheth to replace Absalom at the table. That was the most devastating blow that David had endured. He endured a lot of blows, you know, um, because them that live godly must suffer persecution. Uh, and also, after you've suffered a while, so that means that most of us that, that reign with God, we have to suffer. And after you've suffered a while, then God establishes you. So even to establish the kingdom, David had a level of suffering as he came into it. And then once he was present in the kingdom and leading, there was another level of suffering. We must prepare ourselves and arm ourselves likewise as Jesus humbled himself to the death of the cross and considered it not robbery to be equal with God. But then he condescended to men of low estate. So Mephibosheth came to replace Absalom at the table. David made Jonathan the promise that he would take care of his lineage. And he sent to see was there anybody left of the house of Saul that he could show favor to. You know, and then the servant comes back and tells him there is one left. And it was Mephibosheth who had been dropped. He had been dropped, guys. I want to talk to someone that God is getting ready to use you to help somebody get to the table that was dropped. I want to equally talk to someone that you are the person that was dropped and somebody's about to help you get to the table. Don't fight your help if God has sent somebody to help you get to the table. And I want to talk to the person that you know that God told you to help somebody else. You have it. You have the ability. You have the finances. You have, you have the capacity. You have the grace. You have the gift. You have the skill. You have the talent to help them. Don't withhold it in this season. It's going to establish a great partnership, a relationship that will live on to establish legacy. You're going to have to move on what God told you. And so David moved on it because he gave his word to Jonathan. And when Mephibosheth comes to sit at the table, David tells Mephibosheth, you will always have a seat at the king's table. Always. This is something that's unconditional. And let me tell you, the servant tried to mess that up. He tried to mess that up. And if you look at scripture closely, you'll find out that he was actually lying on Mephibosheth. Whenever, whenever, whenever that difficult time that David got into, once again, he got into a difficult time, a difficult place. And you know, the servant tried to make it look like Mephibosheth was seeking to turn against David. And what's beautiful about that is that David stayed level-headed enough to not take Mephibosheth's seat, to keep it. So Mephibosheth always sat at the king's table for the rest of his life with two crippled legs. I like to say this when I'm ministering, when I'm preaching, is that if God has called you to a table, crippled and all, weak in all area in your life that God's grace is sufficient and strength is made perfect in your weakness you put your chair up to the table nobody can see where you're lying you look like all the rest of the sun is sitting around the table 
You might have an area in your life that God is working out and working on. As long as you are yielded and as long as you are willing and obedient, you're going to be able to eat the good of the land. As long as you are open for the breaking, as long as you're not hiding sin, as long as you're exposing the areas in your life that need work, then the Lord will allow you to sit at the table handicapped in both legs. Almost difficult for you to go for. That's your seat, my friend. That's your seat, daughter. That's your seat, son. Don't forfeit your seat because you feel like you're a dead dog, like Mephibosheth said when they came to get him. He said, me a dead dog? He couldn't see himself even kingly. You know, he grew up royalty. He didn't drop himself. His nurse dropped it. Who would have thought? I know that somebody from David's house would come to rescue him, to keep him. In that day and in that time, kings would look for who was who, who, who was before them and look for their family to kill them, not to protect them or rescue them. So I want to tell somebody in the last minute that I have left, God has sent me today to rescue you. And I just need to tell you that there are covenant relationships waiting on you. I came through this episode to invite you to the king's table. Take your seat because this next season requires you to be seated and settled as you experience all that God has for you. Listen, God bless you and thank you so much for tuning into Salutations and Impartations today. Again, I'm your host, Antoine Braggs. It's been my absolute honor to serve you today. If you are not following me on social media platforms, you now can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Clubhouse at agbragg one The Instagram is just my name. And then also you can follow me on the platform where I do most of my sharing of ministry, which is Facebook, which is my favorite. I know it's antiquated for many, but it's my absolute favorite. So you can come there. And, and, and subscribe to this podcast because there's more coming as we continue, continue to obey God concerning you and concerning his purpose through us in the earth. God bless you. We love you. And I'll talk to you real, real soon.